Starting in 1996, Dave Johnson was the lead voice of one of the original Major League Soccer teams, D.C. United. In the first 27 seasons of the league's existence, he was the face of that franchise. A franchise that won four league titles, including three of the first four. Many soccer fans, especially those in D.C., Baltimore, and around the world, recognized Johnson for his signature call. Puntas, knifing through. Puntas, oh, and bristles across the six. Not done. Julian Gressel arrives and serves. Now Futas coming through. Oh, it's in the net. It's in the net. And it's in the net. Welcome to D.C. Taxi Futas. The unmistakable it's in the net from Dave Johnson. At the beginning of 2023, though, Johnson was no longer in the television booth. In radio, but not television, he was one of a handful of announcers in Major League Soccer who go way back to the 1990s, some of whom in 1996 in their first year, who was not invited to join the new national presentation of Major League Soccer on Apple TV+. You know, I, I was, uh, in my personal case, I, I, I did interview for a position at Apple, and I was I was given an opportunity. And, and that was, this is not political mumbo-jumbo, and really, at the end of the day, that's all, um, you know, that's that's all I could ask for, and, and as much as anyone can ask for. Um, and then it's up to me to to make some kind of impression, and any kind of um, uh, um, you know relationship situation you're, you're trying to create. You know, sometimes you'll you'll go into an interview, and um, you really don't have to interview well because you know what the person on the other side has already decided they want you. Uh, sometimes you have to go in an interview, and you you better you better dazzle them because the person on the other side. Uh, probably already has some some thoughts uh, uh, about you. And what I'm saying is, um, I, I, as this interviewer process uh, for Apple approached, um, I'd done work for the league for 26 years. So 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 there was my work was out there. My impressions were out there. Um, so whoever is interviewing me and or whoever's involved in that process, uh, they can interview me, but but they probably already have some thoughts whether you know i'm an answer going forward or not so um for what they were trying to accomplish i i don't think it it, it could have been I, I don't know what else you could have done especially in the time frame they were trying to accomplish um i was afforded in my case an interview um i wasn't accepted at, at, at some point if they call me and uh ask me to do a game that, that'd be great too but if, if never, that doesn't change my perception of, of, of Major League Soccer or my hope uh, that, that Apple succeeds. Because, look, um, uh, I want Apple and MLS to succeed because it's good for the league and good for the sport. And this is what I've been about since day one. So I don't change because it doesn't personally help Dave Johnson. Coming up, we will talk more with Dave Johnson about Apple TV+. Plus. Dave Johnson, until 2022, was the morning sports reporter on one of America's great radio stations, WTOP, and he has been for nearly 30 years the radio voice of the NBA's Washington Wizards. Dave continues his run with DC United as their radio voice. 
I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dave Johnson as we talk about not only the Apple deal, but some American soccer history, MLS history, young announcers coming up, and much more. You were the first guy with the DC United, and you had done every basically every game, almost every game, every season from the very beginning, right? Uh, yeah, I, I'm proud to say that I'm the only one that, uh, uh, and I'm not bragging or pat myself on the on the uh, shoulder, but uh, I'm the only one uh, from day one in this league uh, still affiliated with the, the the same team, DC United. So DC United, uh, I before DC United had a name, uh, I, I emceed the press conference announcing uh, the team. Um, and, and, uh, you know, while I, I don't continue on television that ended after 2022 and uh, was not picked up by Apple. So I, I, I'm doing the radio, uh, for DC United. So I'm very proud to still be a, a affiliated with it because this has for me been, you know, a life journey to, to promote soccer and to, to broadcast soccer. It's what, what I always, uh, wanted to do is, is I tell everyone the, the first, uh, soccer broadcast I did, I paid to get on the air with the Maryland Bays uh, in 1988 uh, when they played uh, the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. This is of the American Soccer League, not the NASL. Uh, Ray Hudson had come back to play for the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, um, and I paid a religious station in Baltimore two hours uh, for airtime. So um, it, it was quite a thrill to be a part of, of Major League Soccer because that was 1988. Major League Soccer didn't start until 1996. So... Um, we were doing a, a lot of soccer uh, television in between uh, that point in time. Um, uh, but, you know, it was very much, you had to, to beg, borrow, and steal to get, get stuff on the air. I, I hosted a weekly soccer show on what was uh, then home team sports, but it was a regional network in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. uh, not unlike NBC Sports, whatever city you want to put in or, or whatever. Um, and, and never got paid, just did it because we were trying to, uh, we started that in 1992 and we were trying to, to, uh, uh, promote the world cup. Believe it or not, you had to promote the world cup and explain mm -hmm. to people what the world cup was all about. So that's a long-winded answer of, of why I'm still on this journey. And you did, um, indoor soccer, didn't you? I did, uh, because in the late, uh, 80s um you know the american soccer league uh, uh, again was was started by a group of people that were trying to, to to resurrect professional outdoor soccer uh but the indoor soccer game had a period of time in the 80s when uh, i mean it was selling out you know if, if there was 12 cities it was selling out six of them but the other six were not doing so well they could never fully get a get a a stable league or a stable allotment of cities but in some cities it was uh you know the hot thing to do like like baltimore so i uh, actually got a break during the baltimore blast I, I started filling in in uh 1989 and then i did the last two seasons of their uh, existence in the original major indoor soccer league which uh, ran from 1978 to uh, 1992. so i yeah i did indoor soccer then you know, the, the, the NPSL then became uh, the, the stronger indoor league, and, and I did that package on ESPN2 and uh, Prime. So, yeah, I've done a, a few soccer games, indoors and out. <laughs> so tell me, um, when did you start working at WTOP? 
December of 1989, WTOP. Um, and I left in May of 92 for a, a project with USA Today, a radio project. And then I returned to TOP uh, in in De uh, December of 94, uh, I guess it was. And, and I stayed until um, uh, December of 2022. So uh, I always said I would keep doing it till I got it right. I guess I got it right. So it was time to stop. But it was <laughs> it was a great run at, at WTOP, which was is, you know, the news leader in, in Washington, D.C. And it was great to do the sports there. Doesn't it not to pander, but doesn't it remain also one of the great news operations in the country and one of the most successful local radio stations in the country? It does. It does. I mean, it, it's, you know, like all radio stations, it's still, uh, um, you know, trying to, to regain its sea legs, if you will, post pandemic. Um, but it, it, you know, for several years was the top billing station in the country. Um, yeah, just a, an incredible um, place. And, and it's a legacy station. It's, it's call letters that you mentioned. People know WTOP, I think mm -hmm. all over, all over the country. So I, I was honored to, to be a part of it for so long. And you've been doing the wizards since when? This is my 27th season of, of Washington Wizards, so uh, um, I'm, I'm proud to be still involved in that. And the the NBA is is just such a great league and an innovative league and um, exciting sport. So I you know I continue to live the the dream, whether I'm in Sacramento, Cleveland, or God knows what city. So I I don't have it in front of me, and it really doesn't matter. But when did they change the name from the Bullets to the Wizards? Were you ever a, a Bullets announcer? Well, I was. I was actually. Uh, I filled in starting uh, in 1990 on Bullets games on radio, and actually, I did some Bullets television games as well on a fill-in basis. Um, and in fact, um, I did the last Bullets, the last Bullets playoff game in in um, the spring of '97. It would have been. When we played uh, uh, Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls and were eliminated, but Michael Jordan said we were the team of the future at that time, um, and and we were really on the rise. It was an exciting time, and you know the name change was a, a personal and emotional uh, decision for the owner, mm -hmm. Abe Poland, uh, because uh, obviously the Bullets, as the Bullets, they won uh, an NBA title. Um, the name Bullets actually, well, it, it was when the franchises moved to Baltimore, um, and and there's obviously alliteration there, Baltimore Bullets, and and there's a you know you think about shooting a basketball, et cetera, et cetera. But it was actually a, a homage, if you will, to the Phoenix Shot Tower, which was a famous landmark in Baltimore where bullets were produced. And at one point, it it, it may have been the the tallest building in the United States. I mean, going back into the 1800s, but so that was this, the history behind the bullets, but the team was now Washington and, you know, Abe Poland, the owner uh, was not uh, happy that, that, you know, it, it the, sub, the team's name had become a subject of ridicule because at the time Washington had a very high murder rate. And also um, a friend of his, uh, the Israeli prime minister at the time was a victim of assassination. So it was a very personal move to uh, personal decision to remove bullets as the team name, um, and, and and the name that was selected in a as often names are in a fan boat was Wizards.
how did you learn or were you, maybe the better question is, were you ever in the mix to become one of the Apple announcers? Uh, you know, I was interviewed uh, for Apple and, and uh, you know, I've always, uh, I'm very happy with what I'm, with what I'm doing, uh, but I've always, you know, worked very hard to, to be, um, well, like anything, you try to be the best that you can be and, and compete uh and and uh when i say compete i don't, I don't mean like you're trying to <laughs> physically compete against other announcers but in other words you're, you're trying to put your craft forward and hope it's uh accepted by the the the, the highest people but I, I was not you know chosen for the apple collection but I'm, I'm very happy the league um has apple because i understand the economics of of unfortunately the way uh local uh, television, it was it was a big expense for most Major League Soccer teams, unlike the NBA or NHL or Major League Baseball, although that that is changing because of the streaming and, and et cetera. So, uh, but at one point when we started this league in 1996, uh, the model was, you, you know, if you could get a, a good local television contract. Unfortunately, MLS teams, aside from maybe New York or Los Angeles, never really that I'm aware of could get a paid um, television contract. Uh, we, DC United, actually did. Uh, in fact, I, I'm, I'm very aware of this and I helped you know, engineer it. It was 1999, after three years on the regional sports network, um, and I was doing a weekly talk show on what was called News Channel 8, um, a weekly soccer show with John Harks. Um, and they paid, I believe... Uh, I know they paid for the production. So in other words, uh, and they, they paid probably a nominal rights fee. It wasn't millions of dollars, but, but the fact that they were paying for the production, you know, that was a big line item off DC United at, at the time. So, you know, major league soccer needed to figure out it, it's, um, uh, it's, it's regional television situation, quite frankly, because it was, it was too expensive. Um, for so many teams and uh it, it also as they're figuring this out or or it, it comes when we're at an incredible confluence where uh as i'm 59 years old you know when i was 20 and we we you, know, you got your first apartment or etc one of the first things you got was cable television now you talk to 20 somethings they don't get cable television um they you know we're talking on a computer and, and they're they're streaming so um you know, the timing, I think, also is right for both Apple and, and Major League Soccer. So do you watch the games and, and what do you think? I do. I do. And I, I you know, I appreciate the, uh, uh, the, the you know, uh, the, the making it, you know, the wraparound shows, the, the making it important, uh, the shoulder programming. Um, you know, there was, I think, you know, they can still add to that with, with, uh, um, you know, uh, more specific previews, but I mean, that's, that's being picky on, I mean, in terms of uh, what, what they accomplished in the first year, uh, you know, it was nothing short in my mind of incredible because, um, they didn't have a long runway and, you know, you've got 29 teams, uh, and, and, and those number of games and to do it in both English and Spanish and everything. And they provided a, uh, a radio play-by-play -play option, which we have, you know, look, uh, with, with some people in, enjoy the, the radio play-by-play -play of NBA or Major League Baseball versus television. That's not to say the television's bad or whatever. It's it's a style um, 
situation and 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 uh, um, we also live in a world where where everyone likes a second screen option if you will you know they want to be able to you know if they want to watch just a, a messy cam or like you know in hockey we have an Ovechkin cam I and mean, everybody's now used to a world where they can they can have an a la carte uh, offering of well how do I want to uh, experience this major league soccer game well I want to experience it uh, this way I want to experience it with the radio play-by-play -play, or I want to, the traditional television play-by-play -play, or you know maybe I, I've seen options given uh, on, on streaming services where you can get the the English play-by-play uh, -play, the Spanish play-by-play -play, or the ambient sound if you don't want any play-by-play -play. so um, you know these are <laughs> things that when we used to just watch on on linear television you know, it's options not heard of, but now you can have it any way you want. And and I think that's good. People expect that. This is the the generation now. Um, you know, they're they're all on their phones with apps and, and you can do whatever. Um, and we're all on our phones. It's not just the current generation. We've all gotten sucked in. Uh, so it's 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 important to offer options. So do you think part of the decision making by uh by MLS um I mean, let's be honest. They they went considerably younger in the announcers. They they tried to make it look hipper and and feel hipper. Um, quite a few of the you know ninety sixers, if we can call them that, the ninety sixers to ninety niners uh, announcers who were were doing MLS in the nineties um, didn't get an opportunity to do this. You think it's younger, hipper, and fresher? And is that what they were looking for? You know, I, I don't I know I don't know exactly what they're. You know what they were looking for but you know i think you know uh what they accomplished is a lot of very good uh um young announcers out there and that's uh, that's to to their credit that they were able to um again collect um you know that the number that they did collect in a, in a short period of time because again you're you know you're doing something in november of last year and then you had a launch in in march that's that's not a that's not a great you know long runway. So um, you know th this is uh, it's one of those things where as an announcer or uh, as a, as a broadcaster you can't you can't change your age or or how how people perceive you. Um, um, but you, you try to do the best you can. I, I've been fortunate to you know broadcast games on Fox and and do you know national games and World Cup and et cetera et cetera. Um, so I, I feel I, I call a good game. I feel I have experience. I feel I still something have something to offer. But but uh, it, it's it's always up to whoever is um, the producer that is that is in charge of coming up with the the look to make that decision. And and you respect that because those people have people to answer to as well. So it, you can't take anything personally. Um, because if, if they're making a decision and they're saying, well, I do want Dave Johnson, or I don't want Dave Johnson. Well, that's their decision based on whatever metric is in their mind. Um, because by the way, they have a boss. Uh, and so they have to stay true to their convictions. You know, I never really thought about this before, but when I was talking to one of the young announcers who does uh, USL and MLS next games, his name is Ricky um, Lopez Espen. <clears throat> he said, I, I look at it this way when I, when I was playing or, you know, you, you want to make the squad, then you want to make the 18, then you want to make the 11. It's so linear, 
But he said, when you get into broadcasting, it's not. There's so much subjectivity in it, and you don't really ever understand exactly why, but it isn't like you can go down this perfect line and say, this is what happened, this is why I'm not doing it. And I never really thought about that. There's not a question there necessarily, but I never really thought about it in that respect. No, it, it's, well, it, it is a, it's a, somebody once said there's a terrible randomness to life. Well, certainly that applies to, to broadcasting because, um, you know, it's, it's based on, on, um, you know, timing, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think about, um, I've had the, the wizard's job, for example, for 27 years. Well, you know, I, I filled in for six years leading up to that. And then the guy who had the job went to take the uh, Tampa Bay Rays baseball job. And so I was a, a natural uh, progression at that point. But that that's, you know, you, you know, was I a good announcer? I hope. But also there's there's timing. Uh, there's there's so many factors that are quite frankly out of your control. It's, it's as, as, as the person you're talking about was saying that there's there's a little nice control factor. Well, I'm going to try to make the starting lineup or the A team. And, you know, you know exactly what you're up against and, and what what uh, uh, you know, what what metrics you need to meet, for lack of a better word, whereas uh, in this broadcasting world, it's uh, you don't know what trips somebody's like. Fantastic. Dave Johnson, the longtime soccer announcer with MLS side DC United, also the voice of the NBA's Washington Wizards. I'm John Schrader, and this is Watch the Media. I know you pay attention to these things and you you know this, but do you feel like there's probably a a, a more capable, um, larger group of young announcers in soccer than ever? Oh, yeah. No, no, there's no question. I mean, you know, I think about when I started this in the 80s, I was the oddball. And, and uh, uh, I, I, you know, I, and, you know, I, sometimes I wondered if it, it worked against me on other things because, it, it, again, as I said, I paid to get my first broadcast on. It was not, uh, it was not like uh, networks were, were tripping over people to pay people, etc. Uh, big money. And, and, and again, I, I think about how many I did for free. We were doing college soccer games, or uh, for a couple hundred bucks. I mean, it's it's uh, uh, whereas, but this is just like we have more fans uh you know it it shows that there's no lightning in a bottle that generations have to to grow up with a generation i should say i don't want to get sound like it takes 100 years but a generation has to grow up with the game and really have it part of of their their dna and uh, and we're quite frankly seeing the the result of that uh you know i grew up in you know i was a kid in the 70s and and into the 80s and and uh uh, that was not a, a popular time for pro soccer, but it was, you know, but we were part of a soccer generation um, that was growing up with the game. But and, and this is this is why, you know, the first pro league didn't survive uh, in, in my mind. It, 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 you know, at that time, we could we could get our parents to take us to one or two games a year. Uh, but you need people that are going to buy season tickets so they take their kids for more than one or two, they're going to take them for 16 games uh, a year. And so um, it, what we're seeing, you know, that's what we're seeing in, in Major League Soccer now. You know, um, uh, in the 70s and 80s, you still had to explain what, uh, well, you still have to explain what the offside rule is. You still have to explain, but it's more intricate. Back then, it was it was not. But, um, 
uh, you had to get people to understand why a, a two to one game was exciting or one nothing mm-hmm. game, et cetera, et cetera. That that no longer exists. Everyone knows everything, and um, you know, there's. I, I also contend that in the seventies or eighties, if if the NASL at the time, which had some of the world's greatest players, if it existed in a time when when cable television was truly a part of our landscape, which it wasn't back in 1979 or 1980. Uh, if there was social media back then, et cetera, they would have had a better chance uh, to promote their their product. Whereas back then you had just the newspaper and the local TV and the local radio, all of which really had no interest in soccer. So now you're not going to get any promotion. Instead, you're, you're in a lot of cases getting ridicule, uh, you know, from uh, traditional sports announcers and so they uh and i know this firsthand from what i experienced being a fan of the washington diplomats and then and, and later um uh you know a great relationship with my first broadcast partner gordon bradley who helped bring pele to this country uh, and he's I, I won't mention his name but he's a great friend of mine uh but gordon bradley tells a story about how he almost lost his hand um you know, he was the Washington diplomats working working so hard, and and he, you know, watches a uh, sportscast that night, and and at the end of the sportscast, this is in the summer, uh, the sportscaster says, and if anyone cares, the Washington diplomats beat you know whoever two to one, and he was so mad about you know you know this is his life, this is his team, and you know the dismissive if anybody cares, boom. So he goes out and mows the lawn and he's not paying attention and he almost cuts his hand off because he fell and et cetera. Um, I illustrate, I give that story just to illustrate that's what they were up against in the seventies and eighties. Whereas now, uh, you know, we're, we're in a world where it's, it's not, when is soccer going to make it in this country? Uh, it's here and it's a part of our, our landscape. So how much credit can be given? Do you take, do you assume and I'll say those of us who were broadcasting in 1996 and the kids who are doing games now were born about then. Um, and so, you know, how much could you or should we, you know, sort of take, I don't know, credit is not the right word, but recognition for being the folks who helped um, a new generation of soccer announcers get interested in this? Well, uh, you know, we we obviously... <laughs> didn't do it for money or recognition but uh it, it was because uh, you know i i've always been you know you, if you believe in something um you, you 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 know you show that you believe in something with your with your actions um and so i i believed in in soccer in this country and uh i i, I believed in the sport i love the sport um and I wanted to see it succeed. And and uh, so I, I backed it up, quite frankly, with my actions. I was paying my bills doing other broadcasting. But, I, I, you know, I could have been, uh, if I was just thinking about money or et cetera, I, I wouldn't have been doing soccer games, quite frankly, or, or you know, again, uh, a weekly soccer show for $250 a week where I had to drive an hour to get to the studio. Uh, you know, so that's an hour to the studio two hours of prep time. That's about a five hour day at $250. Uh, you know, that's, that's not a great return on investment and in, in time when you have to then get up at three in the morning, but that's, you know, that, but you hoped that you're reaching an audience that, that was getting into the soccer. So I, I think, uh, yeah, everybody that's, that's been along this, this journey, um, 
you know, should I don't know credit or but but just take pride that we, uh, as you you start something, uh, you want it to continue. Uh, you know, quite frankly, it pains me that you know the Baltimore Blast at one point was and the Major Indoor Soccer League, uh, which I was a part of, albeit for a brief time. Uh, you know, it was a huge thing, and it's not anymore, and it's sad. Um, Major League Soccer is a huge thing and is growing even, you know, bigger, and that that gives me great joy and great pride because, at the end of the day, it's been a big part of my life's work. You are doing the the radio for uh, DC. And I assume you do the home games in the stadium, but you're also doing the road games in a TV on a front of a TV monitor. How's that? That's that, that's the way we do it. Uh, you know, some teams travel the radio. Um, you know, it, 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 it's it's better to travel, uh, not because you want to, you know, <laughs> get the one more twenty dollar oatmeal in a hotel room service, but because yeah, it just. It, it it's 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 better and it, and you can it, it's easier to call a game when you're live uh in person calling up a monitor is is more of a challenge but um you know the great thing about you know our response that we received from our fans is that they liked to keep the local uh some fans do and some fans you know don't or, or, or don't choose the radio option or don't listen but that but the, again it gets back to it's important to um i think offer second screen uh it, it's not only about uh, you know a style of play by play but you know uh, maybe the fan says why well, you know i want to listen to my local announcers because you know they're they're uh, i've connected with them and i know that they really know about dc united more than the apple announcers and and that's not a discredited apple announcer when you're a national announcer you know there's no way uh even when i did national games you know there's no way you can be has uh, connected to every team as somebody who is connected to every team. So do you think that, um, that this, this idea of putting the radio on the, uh, on the Apple broadcast was a, was a response to the sort of local losing the local. I mean, the NFL has been a national product for 60 some years, right? In 1960s, Pete Rosell said, Hey, let's take this thing national and we'll block blackout games. And anyway, one of the great genius moves in the history of American broadcasting, or maybe even enterprise was making this such a big national thing. But every NFL team, like every NBA team has a, a faithful announcer and a faithful local, uh, local presence. Uh, is is the local presence something that you think they, the people who uh, who engineered this move thought enough of at the time? I, I don't know what their thinking was, but I I, I think it, it if it was it was it was smart because it it, it in terms of um, yes the NFL is a national but but they still have every NFL team has local radio which has a has a has a big presence and um, I, again NFL games are are not are still consumed, although they are streaming games now, uh, but still consumed to this point in a more traditional way where you have, uh, you know, the, the, the traditional networks. And so it's, it's a, it's a bit different, but, uh, but if you, it's not unlike, you know, what major league soccer is doing. If you go to the NBA league pass right now um, and you can sign up for the whole 
enchilada, pardon the expression, uh, and, and get TV, radio, et cetera. Or you can, for, it's a great bargain for $9.99. Sounds like I'm doing self-promotion here. You can get the audio league pass. You get every team's games on audio and only $9.99 for the whole season, which is an incredible deal. But when you, my point is when you go to the NBA app, which is, again, I think how younger people are consuming you know, you, you hit the game, you hit this and it says, right, uh, your watch options. And it says your listen options. And then, you know, just like last night, uh, listen options were Wizards Radio, Kings Radio. It might be, you know, uh, Wizards Radio, Lakers English, Lakers Spanish. or, or um, So the, it, this is being done in, I can certainly speak to the NBA. So it's similar to, to Apple. So if I'm Apple or, or, or in Major League Soccer, you know, I probably have done the research on what other leagues are doing and saying, all right, well, they're, they're giving, you know, options uh, because yeah, we're, we're a national league, major league soccer, but we still have 17, 18 home games that, that when we are not selling out every seat, we are still in a battle, just like by the way, NBA and NHL major league baseball teams are, um, for for uh, the sports entertainment dollar the nfl is a is a different animal because it, it essentially is a weekly television series it, it's a it's the original mini series if you want to call it a 16 segment 17 segment whatever mini series uh, but every other league has i mean there's 41 no there's 41 home dates 82 regular season dates for nba and nhl that that's a, a significant a slice that you have to go out and compete for the entertainment dollar. And I believe that the, the, the having options, having a local connection, uh, yes, certainly is a big help uh, to what major league soccer is trying to uh, accomplish because uh, while it, it's great to have the national footprint, international footprint of Apple, you're still going to win the hearts and minds uh, in your own neighborhood. And that's where you have to start. If, if the stadiums are empty, uh, nobody's going to watch an empty stadium. Uh, and, and so it's important to respect and remember the local. The ball for Kamani Smith. Taxi Futas. Oh, it's in the net. It is in the net. It is in the net. Taxi. Taxi get. DC United get. Wayne Rooney get. United with the lead. So you plan on continuing doing DC United as long as they want you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's kind of what we all are, right? It's like it's like it's musical chairs. I'm going to, uh, you know, keep. Uh, as I always say, I'll keep doing it until I get it right. I haven't got it right since, so I guess I still have a job. But um, no, it's important for me to. to this is um, my club. Uh, uh, I've been with it, as I said. I introduced it with Kevin the late Kevin Payne uh, before we hired Bruce Arena, uh, you know, and I, uh, so, you know, grateful to, to Kevin for his uh, support. And he had reached out to me to MC that I still remember that press conference and he had known me from doing, again, these are, uh, you, uh, <laughs> I did uh, that he was promoting US, U.S. youth soccer finals in West Palm beach, Florida. And, 
and college soccer games. So the, the college soccer landscape in the in pre-MLS or the soccer television landscape pre-MLS was, was not, uh, you know, overabundance of options, not like now. Um, and so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I want to stay connected with DC United. And, and again, it's about, I, it, you know, putting, uh, I, I, if I believe in something, I, I will, as long as somebody wants me, I will stay involved in it. Um, I'm also now part owner of the Annapolis Blues, which is an MPSL soccer team. Uh, and, and, and not that I had an exorbitant money, amount of money to invest because again, um, I've been involved in soccer television, so there's no way I'm rich. So, but, but the, the, uh, when the Annapolis Blues came along, I thought, well, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And, and, uh, and that's what, what I've done. And that's been a great success. So, um, you know, it's, again, it's in me to continue to, to promote and, um, try to make the game grow at whatever level I'm involved in. Dave Johnson, who started with D.C. United and Major League Soccer before they had a name, a coach, or any players. He's now the radio voice of the team as they start their 29th season in Major League Soccer. I'm John Schrader, and this is Watch the Media.